I don't know how accurate it, it is, but I have done some reading on this whole bill thing with Biden and calling for Congress or whatever. And from what I've gathered, it is um, they need to take anything over 10 rounds, gone. Okay. Any, ARs. Yep, 10 round magazines. ARs, gone. Um, and so that would make a lot of handguns gone too. If you have to be 21 and have a permit in order to purchase, um, a fl- like a federal permit to purchase a gun. So every 18-year-old that has a shotgun, like, done, they're immediately a felon. Well, they're not a f- they, there's no way they would just become a felon because that w- they'd be either grandfathered in or they would have to turn in their gun. I'm just saying what I yeah. heard. And then um, shotguns would be down to 410. Nothing over. So what? Where is it that it says shotguns would be down to four tens? I I had it was a YouTuber that had like summed up the bill kind of for me. So that that's is that because of the bore size or like what? Yeah, I I think yeah, I think it was because of the barrel size. Well, it's because it can hurt someone who's trying to come and take your guns. Yeah, because you because it like buckshot, you can buckshot in like a twenty gauge can can. Joey, that's sort of irrelevant because like we already have the guns. <laughs> you know, like that that bill only helps you if we didn't all have the twelve gauges and the ten gauges already, and then they were like, "We're only going to sell four ten. Dude, can you, know? you imagine what the country would like? What would happen if that thing got passed? Dude, that's not going to pass. And here's I the don't thing: see, I don't see any law enforcement actually enforcing that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's a death wish, dude. Yeah, like you you're going to ask police officers or sheriff's officers to go house to house. And ask people who <laughs> own the guns already to give them their guns. Yeah, I don't see it being. A you thing. think they get a lot with buybacks? Yeah, I think they, they would, would get a decent amount with buybacks, but I don't see them coming and knocking on doors and being like, "You need to give me your gun." Yeah, yeah, they they. I mean, they can probably get a lot of guns back with buybacks. Yeah, but I'm telling you right now, I mean, I don't. I know police officers. I know sheriffs officers. That's a death wish, man. I mean, if I'm a sheriff's officer, or if I'm a sheriff, sheriff. or (laughs) if I'm a sheriff, that's the fourth time, dude. (laughs) uh, Sorry, it's a sheriff's deputy. Okay, if If I'm a a deputy or an officer, and you're telling me to come and take guns from people door to door, yeah, I'm quitting. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not. It's not even if even if I don't like guns, it's not that. It's that. Can you imagine? Can you I mean, imagine, imagine can which are minds Start us off, Connor. Welcome to Midwest Flyways Podcast. It's Connor Olstad, Joey Vasallo, and Calness per usual. And uh, yeah, we kicked it off with something a little bit, a little testy. Spicy, dude. We got a little spicy to start things off. Yeah, but think, did you hear that intro? It is so good. (laughs) And I made it into a ringtone. Yeah, we've been getting blown up. Everybody's like, let me get that. Let me get that ringtone. Let me get that ringtone. I'm going to say it right now. Midwestflyways at gmail.com. Email midwestflyways at gmail.com. And I will send you the ringtone. Subject ringtone. Words yep. in the or whatever. It doesn't matter. It just if you have podcasts, if you have ringtones somewhere in there, give me give me your favorite fact about you know whatever. Um, try try and be a Snapple fact type person for me here and tell give me Connor some facts. your favorite underwear. Yeah, and you know that. what? I'm gonna add you to the email list too because uh, lots of stuff happens in the future <laughs> and uh, or it's gonna happen this year, and I'll let you know with our little email list. 
Our yeah. hats are selling out like crazy. Yes. And so got a that'll, few left. that'll be a good thing with the email list because then if we have new hats in stock, you'll be able to know right away. Yep. But I'll get you that ringtone within 24 hours. We do have like a couple hats left. Yep. We got some hats like, left like as two. of right now. We, we may or may not have a bunch more coming. Yep. We'll, may or may not. We'll, uh, Different color. No. <laughs> Who knows, dude? Can you wear it hunting? Yes. <laughs> Is it going to look really good? Yes. Dude. So, Just, if you want to go on us? our website, stay tuned to our website, see if see what you can get there. Uh, stickers. We still have stickers. Uh, I'll send you a small sticker with a big sticker if you buy it. So, It's are a perfect we, phone sticker. Are we going to oh, yeah. have... More merch coming out this year, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are, are we going to give it a date? No. <laughs> Is it going to be there? Yes. <laughs> so, are we going to ramp everything up we've got going on this year? Yes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yes. Dude, that's epic. <laughs> I like that a lot. You, you like. Tr- <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're practicing your, like car coming by on the highway mm. hold on no, no, no. no i got you blown out of all the right water come on, on dude <laughs> <laughs> what was that last one that was like a second one no, no just that person instantaneously hit their brakes and went over it's a blowback on the exhaust dude. Oh, what the? they just went into a tunnel yeah <laughs> No, so we just got back from Kansas. Uh, we were down hunting at Sand Hill Flyway at Bobby Guy's place. That was so much fun. That yeah. place is incredible. Mm. It is. Mm. It's, it is. It was insane. Blew my socks off. We got some pretty good footage. Uh, we're going to allocate our first day to some other stuff, and then our second day is going on YouTube along with our third day. You think the third yeah. day is going on YouTube? Yeah, it, it, I mean, you know, we'll put something up. It'll be. It might be short because we had to leave at 10 but we got like what thirty birds down in the yeah, yeah like we had like twenty five birds down before 20 we left to thirty so yeah you know we'll, we'll do lessers, some stuff killing lessers Richardsons Hutchinsons Specs those Specs dude mm-hmm. oh they are so beautiful we got some bomb ass photos yeah with those Specs yeah goodness gracious it was awesome yeah I took the camera Cal took the camera Connor was doing some photos we got Brad Schaefer there who's an unbelievable photographer press Brad Railsback was there one day Brad Railsback was I don't know if he dude, was taking pictures though he was Rizzy? yeah he was just for a little bit dude here that was, was a plumber did you guys know that yeah I did know I that I did know that yeah he's good and at he photos he works like he's a super mofo. good yeah he's, he's a great good. dude that was a fun that was fun because it was like buddy hunts yeah it was a buddy hunt but there was so many dudes there with a camera yeah like it was just there a conglomerate a of people of that, that, that are like, blind. yeah, there was. <laughs> They're probably yeah, like there forty was. grand. It, yeah, we oh, had we like everything more. from you know DSLRs that were like half broken in Cade's bag to you know freaking red and Preston's. Like just it was dude, Cade's camera. I mean, he should just post a photo of that camera <laughs> and his lens that he uses so much. Yeah, because that's a seventy two hundred, right? Y- yeah, because dude, that thing is literally held together with electrical tape. Yep. <laughs> Which is amazing. You it know, is amazing. It's a fantastic lens. Now, is he from Arkansas? And does that make a lot of sense? Yes. Is he, is he from Judsonia, Arkansas? Yes. <laughs> dude. No, I that love was that cool. kid, dude. Kate Me is too, the man. Kate's the man. Oh, Everybody there was, I mean, that was like such a fun group. It was. It really was. It was just like killers yeah, and camera guys. So crawfish boil. Oh, delicious. Let me get to that here in a second. All right, all right. The, I've been down there. I went down there uh, right after Christmas. 
mm-hmm. filmed that lesser hunt where we killed 60 lessers in under an hour. It was like 45 minutes mm-hmm. from yep. setup to limited out. And then <clears throat> went back to Minnesota, went down there, stayed there the night on my way to guide in Oklahoma. So that's two. Stopped there on my way back from guiding on Oklahoma with my girlfriend, three. And then we went down there for a fourth time. Right. And all the, the three first times he was loaded with clients. I mean, it was work time and I was essentially helping. Joe Shadden wouldn't say that I was helping, but <laughs> fuck him. <laughs> Joe's a man though. Joe's a piece of shit. So <laughs> um, no, it was nice. It was nice to see it in that in that, in that way light. where mm-hmm. it was just like buddy hunts. Everyone knows what they're doing. And I mean, everyone knows what they're doing, whether it's, well, I wouldn't even say shooting because we shot like shit the first day, but yeah. Tough though with that wind and figuring out. First was, of all, this is taking place in the winter storm Yuri. Yeah. <laughs> Your winter storm Yuri. Your winter storm Now is Yuri. he from a Slavic country? Yes. Now, is he, now does he bring the winter storms from hell? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did hell freeze over the past week? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Texas froze over the past week. Right. Oh, got, got all the way down there. Dude, Wade was messaging me this week. And he's like, <laughs> hey, dude, my whole timeline is people asking how to unthaw, how to f- unfreeze their pipes. <laughs> dude, yeah, because like I told that that Texas is getting down to one degree with uh, my roommate. And he's like, and he's a plumber. And he goes, oh, my gosh, their plumbing isn't meant for that. I'm like, no. what? He's no, like, it's, it's on the outside of the walls. I'm like, oh, geez, that's not good. Dude, it's not only that. They don't have the proper insulation. They don't have, half of them don't have furnaces. And all their pools, they don't drain their pools. Yeah. Right. So all they do is turn on a motor that spins the water if it gets below freezing. Yeah. But can't, not that far Not that much, freezing. bro. The Mississippi froze, your pools froze, yeah. dude. <laughs> oh, Promise. Dude, that no, is but it was, rough. It was just fun being down there buddy hunting. Don't have to worry about clients, anything like that, but... It was still running like they're running clients, dude. Yeah. Which is cool to see. It's, I went, like I said, I went down there four times this year, had so much fun every single time. It was, yeah. it was too much fun. It should be illegal. <laughs> I'm sure it was nice for like Joe and Bob though, to be able to send like three extra trucks out to scout. Yeah. You know, like they knew yeah. what they were doing probably already, but having them being able to be like, Hey, go check this area. See how many birds are even there. Yeah. You know, and it was fun to just drive around and see those, you know, for sure. Like, <laughs> which because they, I mean, they hold so many birds compared to us. It's just yeah. not even. It's it was crazy. a lot, you know. I mean, when we were looking and we found that we found a feed that was like probably I don't know eight hundred birds in it, and Joe, we called Joe, and he's like, "Hey, how many are you looking for in a field?" And Joe's like, "I don't know, two k." We we're like, "Okay, yeah, we have 2, nothing yet," <laughs> you know. But like, I pinned it. We were driving, and I was like, "Pin that, Connor. Pin that." Yep. You know, that was like a feed that I was like, that's, that's a good feed. And then it was not a good feed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But But for all of you who watch our YouTube channel, you will notice that um, Bobby's probably not going to be in our videos when we're down there because um, the first day we were there, they, they had a field where they can only have a, a maximum of seven people there. And so we had, what, 16 yeah. people hunting? Yeah, we had hunting, 16 guys. 16 people hunting there. And so he's like, we're going to have to split up. Here's the catch-22. We can't we can't film in this field because this guy doesn't want everyone and his mother yeah, calling them saying that Bobby Guy, you let Bobby Guy hunt this field. Why aren't you going to let <clears> me hunt this field? So we decided to split off and go with a different group. 
we still ended up shooting what 22 birds 28 yeah, yeah we scratched 22 and we left like we could have sat out there and it was kept, just i mean cold. they were still flying you know, cold. we were picking up, and they were trying to... It was one degree when we started. Like, it, it yeah. was just terrible. And I think it got up to four. Yeah. Yeah, it was cold, It was cold. bad. And that day was... It, it was, was windy. windy. Yeah. So that first day... Oh, we had a, like, 20-plus mile an hour wind. Right. Yeah. So that first day, we weren't in the field with Bobby. Second day... He had some family and, stuff and going on. That, all that jazz. And so we weren't able to do uh, a naturally. podcast with him. We weren't able to do a podcast with him while we were down there because he was dealing with his family. You know? And then... uh Third day, we left at 10 a.m., and he was at, um, he was about five people down from Connor filming the hunt. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's on video, but it's not like when we were there last year. Now, did we still have blast and shoot a shitload of birds? Yes. Mm-hmm. I had so much fun, dude. We did, and that's, I mean, there was obviously, it was a, it was a great group out there. And, like, you know, half the guys we already knew, so... You know, it's kind of like yeah. It was. It's one of those places where when you show up, especially with the group that was there, it kind of feels like you're just at home. Mm-hmm. For to real, this is how it felt for me at least. The accommodations between Beth cleaning it when we're not there, and oh. and the yeah. food being cooked. It there's always something being cooked between Preston and yeah, Jordan. Good Isley. food too. Yeah. Oh my god, it was so good. The hundred pound crawfish boil, dude. Yeah, yeah that was wild. Oh well, dude. To like started off first night bob's like yeah i have no idea what's getting cooked and it might not be that good and then nisley shows up which if you guys don't follow him jordan's harvest he's a butcher does some really cool videos yeah he showed up and made these goose fritters goose fritter sandwiches it was unreal delicious so good man yeah and he was like he was like complaining to me because he had like some grand plan of doing like uh Welling, like a you know beef Wellington. He was gonna do that yeah. out of backstrap. Okay, out of venison backstrap. Oh wow! Yeah, it was gonna be crazy, like smashed potatoes. And apparently, the venison didn't thaw pr- like properly oh. in time. Like it was still frozen partially. And so he like slapped that together. Like that was like <laughs> the goose oh, fritters. God, he's like yeah. When he was cooking it, I'm like, dude, what is this? He's like my backup plan. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I don't know. These are gonna be good, but whatever. <laughs> And they were so good, man. And yeah. all he did was, for anyone that's wondering, he just took a goose breast, cut it in half, tenderized it, salt and pepper, and then he uh, put it into a flour, like when you fry seasoned chicken. flour. Yeah, seasoned flour into buttermilk, back in the flour, and then fried it. Right. And uh, they were so good. That's cool. So that was night one. And then second night, I'm like, I wonder what we're eating tonight. Maybe it's like goose again. And then Preston's like, we're having prime rib. <laughs> like, are you freaking kidding me? So we had prime rib and oh man, I don't even remember what else we had. Uh the biscuits for me. Or not oh. biscuits, but the rolls. They were delicious. Yeah, we had some rolls. I haven't eaten dinner yet tonight, rib. so now oh. this is making me you know, much more hungry. Yeah. <laughs> no, and then dude, and then a couple of buddies came in from Dallas. Yeah. They brought live crawfish. Yeah, it was fun meeting all the all the people from uh, different places, other uh, other guys from Minnesota. That was a lot of fun hunting with them, uh, sitting next to them, uh, listen to them call. Joe, you gonna join the podcast here, or are you gonna mm-hmm. text your? I was talking girlfriend? to Josh while we were there, and he's like, "Dude, there's nothing like when you show up to a place with a bunch of people you don't know, and the one thing you have in common is you love to hunt birds." Because mm-hmm. he's like, "It is like everybody is best friends instantaneously." Yeah, you know, <coughs> dude. That's the cool thing about waterfowl is there's not really, like, a competition unless you own a guide service. Right. Like, us with Joe Heinz, us with Bobby Guy, us with Jordan's Harvest, us with anyone, dude. Mm -hmm. 
you can meet up with those people and you will, you have a common yeah. goal where it's like, let's kill more birds. Yeah. And like, you always have something to talk about. And that's what I love about calling contests, man. Like you are getting together. Everyone who's there shoots birds. Mm-hmm. And when you go out for beers after the fact, you're all just hanging out and talking about birds. You're just bird nerding out, man. So if you have a chance, go to a calling contest. There's actually one in St. Louis, Missouri that Dive Bomb's putting on. That's right. That that's going to be pretty be cool. Sick. Yeah. So go and check out their Facebook page on that one because that's going to be a banger. And we'll be there. We will be there. When is that? Uh, June 11 and 12, I think, or something like June? that. I think so. Okay. okay. Either cool. that or July. I don't remember, but. But that's that's the fun part about going and hunting with just going and hunting is you all love shooting birds. You all love calling birds, taking pictures of birds, whatever. You will find some sort of commonality with people because you shoot birds. Right. So it's fun. Yeah. That was my first experience at like any kind of hunting, like real hunting camp was, uh, turkeys, like my first turkey season that I filmed Mm -hmm. and I went there and like met all these people. There was like probably 20 people there, you know, in and out or whatever. And I like clicked with all of them. And I'm like, these are my people. I finally found it. Like what, you know, and it was before, it was like the year that we started Midwest Flyway. So we, had, we hadn't gotten into like meeting people and yeah. doing stuff or whatever. But I was like, oh my goodness, like this is, this is unreal. Like you all are exactly like me, <laughs> you know, you yeah, like yeah. to be out here, you like to do this. And it's, it was, it was just next oh, level. And you like back. to get really cold to maybe shoot something? We're friends. Yeah. Exactly. I thought it was actually really cool too. This time it was really fun for me actually to watch you connor because usually like you're the only dude that knows how to run a camera really well where we are and you know then this time it was like there's so many photographers around right you know not as much videographers necessarily but photographers Mm -hmm. and so like seeing you kind of be in your element and you know be around like a bunch of other people yeah it was fun i didn't even well you did a podcast on bob's podcast about videography photography totally in your element wearing the same thing that you're wearing now <laughs> yeah it's the sweatshirt you know it's the midwest flyway sweatshirt midwestflyways.com slash shop <laughs> unbelievable he's just the midwest if you can count on one thing guy. every podcast yeah. is that connor's pushing our merch and i love that about <laughs> yeah. you now are we gonna have, probably have some more merch this year yes <laughs> oh my gosh dude. <laughs> yes dude that's my favorite we're doing that from now on mm-hmm yeah, that's great. Midwestflyways.com so. shop. No, I, I'll tell you this. The one thing, too, like hunting there, it made me so sad that we don't get lessers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Little boys. I tell yeah, you what, I mean, man. That was the last weekend of darks in Kansas, so that means lessers, honkers, specs, anything that has dark on it other than white. You know, right. so snow geese, Ross, blue geese. And uh, from when I was there before, we had to work a lot harder to kill them this time. And we did. Oh, yeah. In weeks past. Well, it was so much colder. <laughs> the funniest part of the weekend for me was talking about shooting with the other Minnesota guys, talking about shooting um, honkers. <laughs> shooting slobs, dude? <laughs> Just some Shooting slobs, bro? <laughs> on one side, the one guy's like, I did not drive all the oh, way yeah. down here to bring that freaking goose dude. back up. Yeah, the he's like, dude, those things flew down here, and I am not going to bring one fucking goose back with me he's like i swear to god <laughs> dude here here's the best part is his slogan for the trip was <laughs> dude for honkers here's here's my mentality i've been i swear to god i've been saying this for <laughs> fucking two years 
Land them, check them, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Land them, ban check them, fuck them. They're broke. Don't shoot them. I'm not bringing a goose back home. <laughs> Dude, that was the best. Like, that was like, oh, we should put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. You know, like, I know. land them, check them, fuck them. Like, that was the best thing, dude. <laughs> Fucking Nate DeJong. Thank you so much. DeYoung DeJong. It's yeah. DeJong. That's, Digby. I don't know if it is, but I love that. Digby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Digby. Bro. Well, and what, what was kind of fun is uh, we've hunted at Feet Down Waterfowl up in Fergus Falls, Minnesota. And I've I've hunted up there a lot. Thank you, Connor and Trent and Joe. But I've met so many of their guides, and one of those guys guides' names is Josh Neck, and he was randomly there. So it's just like right. shit. We know another person who's here. Hell yeah, let's have some fun. Should we make that a T-shirt? Land them, check them, fuck them. I mean, we won't actually you know put the word on there, but it'll be close. Yeah, no, we'll have the. Dude, F we'll word. get so much hate for that. Random check and fuck them. Oh, yeah. People are going to be like, oh, yeah, guys. Oh, yeah. And then we each have no bands on our fucking plane. No goose bands. Random check and fuck them. That's hey, our T-shirt. We can make the T-shirt for other people. We don't have to wear it. The only person that can wear that is Joe Heinz and Nick Johnson oh and some other people. But it's I love it, though. We can make it. Uh, I'll, uh, uh, you know, go go check MidwestFlyers.com. So we just maybe put like I, an asterisk in the, in the fuck. <laughs> Maybe I made it. Go check the description right now. Dude. Maybe I made the t-shirt. People are on there right now trying to buy it. It's not there. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe. But essentially, to cap off the Bobby deal, thank you, Bob, for having us down there at Sand Hill Flyway. Guys, he's going to be able to host a lot more. You sounded so Minnesotan right there. <laughs> he's going to be able to host a lot more. You know, shit, boys, he's going to be able to host a lot more clients down there. And let me just tell you, he's going to have a lot of hot dish ready for you to eat. Oh, yeah, there. but You're going to be able to wear your toques because it's going to be nice and cold down here. Eh? Oh, yeah. And let me just tell you, it's a good old time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got the real family atmosphere down there. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that last bit. Down there. Down there. Why do you? Down there. Dude, the, the best thing was when you... um. I was editing your SRO vlog, and yeah. you and this is what you said. He's a mallard. He's a nice mallard, dude. He's a beaut. Oh, is he a tree curler? Put him on the road so everyone can see him. Oh, bud. One, two, three. Oh, God, he's a mountain tool. Oh, jeez. <laughs> he's got some beautiful wings on him. Oh, goodness. He's a little... Rigamortis right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little Mortis, right? If you guys want to watch that video, it's up on our YouTube channel. It's oh. funny. I shot a 300-pound boar. Yep. And then um, I didn't want to put all the good footage in one video, so I just put a clip of me pond jumping a nice tree curler mallard right tree off the curler. road. It's a tree curler, bud. <laughs> Just right out the road there. Dude. He'd make some good hot dish. Oh, <laughs> God. When Sarah was here on that podcast, and yeah. Joey's like, you know, like a tree curler, she's like, tree curler. <laughs> she didn't know what you were Wraps saying. Wraps around the tree? What yeah, are you she thought you were talking about a tree. Oh, yeah, the old tree curler, bud. Shit. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit, bud. Carl's got the decoys in the trailer. <laughs> Go, Carl. But anyway, to wrap up, Bob, thank you so much for having us down again. Can't wait to come back. And, uh, you know, thanks so much for having us down there to shoot a video or two and yeah, shoot some beautiful little little geese and some specks, some snows, Ross. We didn't shoot any blues, actually. No. But Landed snows, though. 
Land of snow. Dude, the amount of snows that were sitting on the salt mine, that was it's ridiculous. Insane. I mean, we were sitting there after we got done scouting. We didn't find shit compared to everyone else, but... Yeah, apparently a thousand bird feet isn't good enough. Yeah. Well, Minnesota, you see 200 in a field. You're like, you're like oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this slobs. That's slobs, though, dude. Different. Yeah, you're shooting 17-pound geese. And I, right. and I can already see the Instagram comment from Nick saying, dude, I've never shot a 17-pound goose yeah. in Minnesota. <laughs> Shut up, Nick. Dude, that dog was fun to watch. Oh, my gosh. So Joe Shadden's dog? Yeah. Oh, That God. is wild. Like, I was telling you. Yeah. I was telling you, that dude. Was, that was easily a 1,000-yard blind retrieve. Oh, yeah. They had her do. I think it was easily. nuts. Now, did he whistle a 1,000 times? Yeah. Yeah. But was we, it 2 degrees? Yeah, but when the bird runs 200, or the dog runs 200 yards, and he's like, I don't see a bird yet, you got to whistle again and tell him to keep going. Yep. Absolutely. No, it, yeah. yeah, that was amazing. My, my favorite part was... The last day when he didn't call the shot and just shot and missed the Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a single come in, and Joe was like, I'm going to shoot this one on my own. Yep. Because he's calling uh, the shot. Mm-hmm. And he didn't call a shot, didn't call a shot, didn't call a shot. Then all of a sudden, he's and just shooting. I saw, I was sitting next to Joey, and Joey's like, oh, he ain't going to call it. And so Joey started mounting his gun and like was ready as soon as he heard his click of a safety he was about to take it and i was like <laughs> yeah oh joey. right on the a-frame dude yep. <laughs> didn't even stand up joe and joey both you guys unloaded your guns oh yeah on that goose he went down and that goose flew away no he went down no he went down, he went down way about a far mile away. away and couldn't get retrieved doesn't matter <laughs> doesn't matter he yeah. went down we retrieved him he died we, we did, did. Re- we did not retrieve it no, he never found it. So, hey, so here's a question for you guys that uh, could be beneficial to some listeners. But when a big flock comes in, what bird, do you have a strategy for how you pick out the birds? Yeah, well, yeah, I do. Pick your shooting lane. And then I usually pick the, like, the first bird I pick is not the closest bird to the ground. Okay. I mean, if you're trying to shoot more than one bird, this is just my strategy. Joey, Joey might tell me I'm fucked, but <laughs> well, let's hear your strategy. Yeah, my strategy is I pick a lane. Obviously, obviously, you're in your shooting lane, and there's let's say there's a bird that's like five feet off the ground, and then there's one that's like ten feet off the ground. I know I've got a little more time on that bird that's five feet off the ground, so I usually try and shoot that bird that's ten or fifteen feet off the ground, and then after I shoot that bird, then I'll shoot the second bird that's a little bit lower than that. But I've picked my two birds. I don't pick a third. I mean, Joey, Joey might, Joey's, I pick a third. He's a sniper. I pick a third because I crush three Get the quite, <laughs> quite often. I triple a lot. And if you watched our videos, dude, you'd see that. Yeah, I do watch our videos. I see you not triple very often, mm-hmm. but when it happens. <laughs> well, this it, is my first happen. year wearing a GoPro, so. Mm. And now, do I triple birds? Nah. Yeah. Not often. Yeah, yeah sometimes. I do. But okay. anyway. Anyway. No, I. That's a good. That's a good thing, Connor. It's a good question. Thank you. And normally, I pick the bird that's harder to hit. But when you're landing lessers in your spread, and you've got at least twenty to thirty in the decoys, I'm pointing straight down at the ground, and I'm going to ground pound the shit out of them. Because so many times, like, because there's a lot of people like Cal. So like that second that or that third day that we're hunting, there's a lot of experienced hunters in there. You're not hunting with clients. Mm-hmm. you're not picking out the they should be picking out the cherry birds for when you're hunting with a lot of experienced people they're doing the same shit that you are because they're like okay i guarantee no one's going to try to shoot this bird and then they shoot it and a lot of people are hitting the same bird yeah. so just tried and tested 
hit the birds that are easy. And if you see people ground pounding them on the ground, then you go up to the less easy bird to hit. So, okay. Because I was guiding. Hmm? Yeah, I'll keep, keep you on. I was guiding in Oklahoma and I, I only shot my gun when we were shooting into flocks that were, um, uh, more birds than there were clients. Okay. And then from there, if I saw birds leaving the spread, then I'd take out my gun and then I'd shoot them. Side note, you had a smacker of like 80 yards. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. That was wild. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. I get, and I got that on camera too. Fuck yeah. So that'll be in <laughs> so the video. Dope. Yeah, that was crazy. Everybody was done was shooting. Crazy. This thing's flying away straight away and... It was like, it was legitimately, no joke, legitimately 80 yards. And I'm the first one to tell you when Joey's a fucking fibber. (laughs) Like that guy will be like, yeah, I shot it at 60 yards. It's like 35 yards. (laughs) But dude, this bird was 80 yards. I asked Joey when he came back, I said, how far legitimately do you think that bird was? And he said 85 yards. And I think that's not crazy. Like he shot, dropped his gun to look at it, and then it fell. Like it it was just, it It was was like, like a two second delay. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was crazy. It was just one of those BBs that hit him in the head as he was rising off the ground. Yeah, that was I, insane. I, now, would I say that I shot him a canoe length <laughs> above his head? No. Oh, yeah. He was he was flying close to the ground, and then he was starting to come up. I knew he was going to come up, and I aimed about a foot above his head. Okay. Just because the BBs can't go more than, I don't know, 70 yards without dropping a little bit. Yeah. So, so, um, so that you were talking about shooting for lessers as a change for, uh, honkers or ducks. Yeah. Okay. Explain. So what do you mean? Just like shooting them? So like I'm talking hunting pick, them or picking, shooting them? picking your shot or whatever. Does it change? Like you were talking about, you know, swatting lessers or, you know, on the ground, whatever kind so of a thing. Lessers are more apt to land. Like, so say you're working a group of like a couple hundred lessers. Yep. You will have 10 to 20 in the decoys before you call the, or you should, if they're working perfect, you should have 10 to 20 in the decoys before you start shooting. So in that situation, you should start mopping them on the ground, just like our foul feathers video. Mm-hmm. We landed that group of like 20 and we dropped like 13 out of them. They they all landed on the ground before we started shooting. Mm-hmm. So, but like honkers would do the same thing. The, the birds that don't do that as much, ducks, mm-hmm. especially in a field. So... That's just the difference. I mean, ducks, you can tell by how they're working that day if you can shoot them in the decoys or not. You know, it's just very situational. Um, so what about outside of a field and, a, you know, shooting for ducks, like a, a flock of ducks that come in? And on the water. Does, again, it, does it change on what? I'm, I'm just thinking, does I'm, it change gonna, on what you select? I'm going to take the easiest shot, dude. Okay. I mean, just as a hunter, I want the shots that I know that I can take. Okay. So I'm going to take the easy ones. And especially if it's ducks where you're picking out drakes versus hens, it's a lot easier to see which ones are the drakes or the hens if they're already landed. Yeah. <laughs> you know. For sure. So that's about it. Yeah, it's like your it's like your Harlequin situation, Connor. Mm-hmm. You know? Land yep. a Drake, shoot a Drake on the water. Yep. You get one. And it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. No, I was gonna I was gonna say I think a good question that we could talk about a little bit is like when do you call the shot? Because I've had people ask me that before, especially like people that come out for the first time. They're like, how do you know, especially like when you're like working birds, you know, and there's a lot of birds. When do you like feel like, all right, I'm calling the shot now. So just repeat the question again. I'm sorry. He was on his phone. So. Yeah, I, was, I, was, phone I was going to listener yeah. questions. Yeah. No, um, I, I was trying to say like a lot of people 
like especially when I like bring new people out, they're like, how do you know when to call the shot? Especially if you're like working tons and tons of birds and then you'll have like five land, but there's like a hundred in the air or 30 in the air or whatever. How are you like, people are always like, how do you know when you're calling the shot? And so I'm interested to see like what your, especially like having been a guide this year, mm-hmm. you know, what's your experience with yeah, that? Were you like, calling the shot when you were guiding? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So like when, when are you calling the shot in like the circumstances? It all depends on how the birds are working. So if the birds are working right. really well that day, I'm going to land as many as I can. I'm going to get greedy because they're doing it. Mm-hmm. They are doing it. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, guys, we're going to get as many birds in here as possible. Let's just cut the rug, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, if they're not doing it very well, I will let people know, hey, we got to take them at this mark. You know, and then we're, then everyone's kind of prepared. Like, okay, birds are working, birds are working. Okay, they're at that 35-yard mark. This is where we're going to take him. He's going to call the shot any second. Mm -hmm. That's essentially how it goes. And you just, you know, it's just kind of wait till they get to a certain point and get your gun ready. Get your gun ready, dude. Put your hand in your gun. The tough game you play and, like, you know, in my experience, like, taking people out, like, the game you play is, like, will they land? You know, because, like, if you, even if you land a couple of them, you're, like, working 30 or 40, mm-hmm. and they keep dipping out. Like Joey said, that's when you're, like, all right, now we just, we kind of know, like, after a flock or two, you're, like, all right, they're not going to do it perfectly, and here's the situation, you know, you can base that off the weather or whatever, but it gets a little tough to try and, you know, pick when you're actually going to, and it's different, too, like, if it's taking new people out or taking clients out. Yeah. Because you're like, you just want them to be able to shoot something or shoot a bird. Where like, if it's just like me and Joey and a couple other hunters that are like, I'm hunt greedy. a lot. I'm like, dude, I don't care. Like, I'm not, I don't want to just shoot one bird because it's in the decoys. Like if we're working 30, even if it's three or four flocks in a row and they just don't want to do it. To me, it's like, I'd rather wait. Like, let's try, you know, like, let's keep trying something different. Let's slow our calling down. Let's yeah. call harder. Let's, yeah. you know. That's what I thought was interesting. Um, the last or was it the second day? Yeah, the second day that we were out there, um, the amount of calling that we changed, and it was like it's just like two people calling mm-hmm. instead of the six that we you know right. had at our disposal. They they we backed it off a lot, and they started doing it a lot better because right. of that. Yeah, that's that also was really later in the season when I was there earlier in the season. Man, you had to hammer them down to the ground, but at the same time, also they were coming. They were coming. Mm-hmm. Like, you were definitely on the X, and it didn't really matter what you were doing. It just sounds good mm-hmm. at that point. So, and and everyone wants to contribute to the hunt as well. So, <clears throat> especially if, like, a client knows how to goose call, like, decently. Yeah. And they feel like they're contributing. Oh, man, they're coming back. Yeah. Oh, sure. man, they're coming back. I right. mean, nobody likes to, you know spoon-fed their hunt like they want to work for it that's why they're out there that's why they like uh, to hunt depends that's, on the client that's debatable that is very debatable my experience in oklahoma man they want to be spoon-fed oh really yeah. oh dude silver spoon up the ass <laughs> it was like ugh, well and then they're, they're telling me how to do my job and they've shot 12 ducks that season <laughs> it's like okay well i've shot over 400 already yeah so maybe we should listen to me <laughs> But sure, yeah. you know, tell me when to call the shot at a 50-yard cross shot at a ringer. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. You, shoot him. You know more than me. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, it that's is. That's why you're paying to be here. It is It is tough. But that same statement, though, like, that's why they're paying to be here. 
that is the the mentality of some people, you know, like I'm paying to be here. You're calling, you're retrieving birds. You're the one with the dog, you know, you put the birds in my face. And if you're not, then what am I paying for? Right. Some people do have that attitude, which is a terrible attitude to have. If you're going on a guided hunt, I'll tell you right now, do not go there. Like I'm going to shoot as much birds as possible. They're going to be right in my face. I mean, they're migratory birds. I feel like a guided hunt is, is a good opportunity to see how it should be done, you know? And so I would want to learn as much as I can. And so setting decoys and all that stuff, I'd want to be a part of that personally. Yeah. But dude, some people legitimately are like a lawyer who hunts one time a year and he's there to hunt the best waterfall hunt possible. And he's doesn't care to learn, you know, yeah. he's like, you're going to put birds in my face. I hunt one time a year and I am here to pay for it and yeah. they better be here. And I guess that's the difference in, in mainly in money, because for me, it's like, oh, I want to spend the money on this so I can get the education so I can do it myself. Yeah. That's the kind of the mindset that I would go into it with. Uh, whereas they're like, nah, this is budgeted every year. Like I'm good. Yeah. A lot of our listener base is probably much more of the, I'm here to learn and like take it and go. But there is definitely a large amount of people who go on guided hunts that are not there for that. They're there to shoot birds and kill animals. And that is it. Yeah. So you got to know your clientele. It's funny too. Cause like, I remember talking to Connor Lausch a little bit, who's the owner of feet down. And he was talking about, you know, not that they have like favorite clients because obviously they appreciate you know, everybody that comes there to hunt with them. Yeah. And they have the ability usually to put people on a crazy amount of geese. But for him, he's like, you know, there are clients that stand out that are like, those guys are here because they want to be here with us. You know, like they hunt hard back home or whatever, but they're here to, yeah, they want to be here to be where the geese are, to be with us. And those people, he's like, it's so much easier to like gel with them and like have a game plan of like how to be effective in the field. So if you are listening to this and you're going on a hunt that's guided, you know, be a team player. Like those guys are there, obviously, you know, they're there to make sure that you have a great time, no matter who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, they, all they want to do is help you shoot your limit. So keep mm-hmm. that in mind when you're there. So I've got a couple of listener questions. Yeah, go ahead. One of them's really good. I put it up on Instagram today. We're doing the podcast again. Let me know what you want to hear. Again, like we were, like we well, haven't I mean, been. We've had like a little bit week. of hiatus. No, we haven't. No. Okay. My bad. My bad. <laughs> no hiatus, dude. My bad. Podcast every week, we baby. on this. Corey Douglas Day asked us, how much effort does your crew try to find cripples? Cal? How Max, much? Maximum effort. And why? Because we're responsible hunters. And if you shoot a bird, then it is your job to go find that bird because A, you took that shot and B it is counting towards your limit. If you're an ethical hunter, no matter what. And so if you're there to shoot birds ethically and responsibly, you're going to try to find that cripple the best you can. Yeah. For ducks, it's, it's kind of fun for, for me. Cause I can, uh, like, uh, it, it's, I think it's well, fun for the dog. Guy. You're a meat guy, dude. Oh yeah. There's that too. But, but like for ducks, if it goes in the reeds or whatever, you know, I'm, I enjoy trudging through that and having my dog with me and Heck yeah. you know, trying to find it and whatever. But yeah, definitely maximum effort. Even in this last trip in Kansas, you had mentioned you were like, Hey, we had that one that sailed to the other end of the field. Did anybody go get it? Nobody had gotten, it, you know, and it's like, okay, we got to make sure that this, this, this guy's going to go get it or, or we're going to go get it, you know? Yeah. And that's because that's just, that's the ethical thing to do. Yeah. Know? Actually though, too, like, I, I mean, I've never, I personally haven't hunted with anyone who like doesn't care. I have. I'm sure. Yeah. 
I have for sure. So what's your answer on that then? Well, I put in maximum effort. Just one of the reasons, like Connor said, I have a dog. Yeah. And I know that makes her happier than shit. And it makes me happier than shit to watch my dog work. It's good practice. Try to find a thing. She's a rescue piece of shit. And so, like, the only, one of the best things this dog can do is blind retrieve, dude. Yeah. I know you've seen it. Like, when we're hunting on uh, on opener and stuff, when we shoot birds and they fall into the cattails 100 yards, 300 yards back, her nose can find them, dude. Yeah. She is stellar on that. And, like, that is her strong suit. Also, the other reason why I go and try to find cripples is every time I've been hunting, man, the cripples are banded. <laughs> the cripples are banded. Not only because of what Cal said, it's ethical and all that. I strongly believe in that. But at the same time, if me and my dog go out to find a bird and it's banded, it's mine, dude. Yeah. That's my right. bird. I don't yeah. care. No, nope, my dog just spent 10, 15 minutes trying to find that bird. It's my bird. Because we would not have found it without my dog. Yep. It's mine. That's that's a huge driver for me. And maybe I'm a piece of shit for thinking like that, but... I know a lot of other people think like that as well. So, <laughs> Dude, I was going to say, like, how many times have we seen, though, in, like, Facebook groups or whatever where somebody pulls over to the side of a road to pick up a dead bird and it's freaking banded? Yeah. Like, dude, that... Here's the thing. That is caramel, bud. Car- caramel? Karma. <laughs> That's a trailer park. Caramel. <laughs> That's caramel, dude. And listen, if you don't go and try to find your cripples... Caramel, bud. That thing is banded. <laughs> Caramel, bud. Promise. It's banded. Yeah. You leave a bird in the field, it's banded. Mm-hmm. And that that literally haunts me. <laughs> Every yep. time we hunt, I think of that. If we shoot a cripple and it's missing, all I can think, and me and Joe, like, dude, me and you have had so many combos when we're, like, looking for a bird, and you're like, dude, I know it's banded. <laughs> like, it's banded. Like, if, dude, if that bird is hard to find, it's banded, Yeah. Bro. He's I smart. guarantee it. He's a smart bird, man. That bird is banded. <laughs> he's dude. not trying to be harvested. He's yep. got a transmitter on him. If he's anything, banded. he's gonna be he's gonna be coyote food yep. at the end of the day. He doesn't want to be found. Yep. So another one was, what's your favorite band that you've been a part of? Ooh, to be a part of. Because I know you don't have any bands. Yeah, I don't on have your lanyard, any personal bands. And lost you don't some, have any bands on your lanyard. Lost some coin flips. Yep. Lost some draws. Um. Well, it's tough, man. I mean. I think for me, I've got a toss up for him. You know, my my probably the most sentimental band that I've seen shot was with Gavin on his family farm. That was pretty cool. I know I've talked about that in this podcast, but uh, essentially we were just out hunting. Ended up having a blizzard kind of roll in on us. Yep. We shot all our birds in one volley, um, other than two. I think it was just me, Ben Buckholtz, and Gavin, and the bird ended up being banded. No idea who shot it. Ben won the draw. Ended up just deciding he's giving it to Gavin. So he gave Gavin the band, cool. which meant a lot to Gavin. But I think the coolest bird we've shot that was banded was in Kansas last year. That a spec. 15 or 18-year-old? 15-year-old? 15. 15-year-old spec that yeah. was banded in Alaska. That was badass, dude. Yeah, was and cool. the thing about that that was weird to me is you see bands that have been shot that are like four years old where all the numbers are wore off. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, but dude, that 15 year old spec, the numbers were clear as day and that mm-hmm. bird was beautiful. It was. And that was just crazy to me. You know, I don't know. I mean, dude. how that exactly happens. I'm sure Nick Johnson could tell you yeah. or he's already told Joey and he can explain how that happens. But, <laughs> <laughs> but either way, that was pretty cool. What yeah. about you, Joey? I mean, I only have one band on my lanyard right now 
and that's my Mallard band that I took on a river system out of state where we just went and freelanced it off the drop of a hat with uh, Riley Olsenak and Gavin, where apparently we got there a week late. This guy, this old Indian guy at the at the launch was like, what are you doing here this early? And I'm like, what are you doing here this early? Right. He's just walking around. But anyway, <clears throat> um, we had shot like a decent amount of mallards that day. And then um, this is the day that I fell in to the river and it was one degree outside and the wind chill was way worse than that. I stripped down naked, got naked, wrung out my... Uh, my pants and whatever, and then put my waders back on. And then I sat next to the heater for about 20, 30 minutes while they were setting up the spread. Long story short, saw two mallards coming down this channel. Didn't say shit to anyone else because I'm like, these are mine. <laughs> and, uh, it was a Drake and a hen. And I, uh, didn't say anything. Shot once, heard it, shot twice, landed on the ice out there. Gavin sends his dog and they were pissed that I didn't say anything. And I'm like, fuck it. Like, <laughs> Why not? Like, we're not seeing a whole lot right now anyway. This is all we're doing all day anyway. So, whatever. His do- He was scared that his dog was going to go out there and fall through the ice and drown. So then uh, Riley went out there, tried to grab it, and he was walking on the ice like an idiot, where if he did fall through the ice, he was going to drown. We don't know how deep the river is in that area. There's just ice in that area. Whatever. And then an hour and a half goes by. I'm cold again because I fell through the water earlier that day. I'm like, I'm going to go walk out and try to get on there. Got on the ice. Ice shelf, apparently there was a hawk eating this mallard. I didn't see it because I was trying to get on the ice safely. And uh, you walk up to it, and he's banded. And I'm like, holy shit. But the the catch-22 is, apparently, on the second shot that I took, Gavin shot at the exact same time. I did, like we, we, You know when you like shoot a bird, and you think you're the only one who shot, mm-hmm. but someone else shot at the exact same time? You don't even realize that someone else shot. Mm-hmm. It was one of those situations. And uh, we flipped for it. I won the band. It was a nine-month-old mallard from South Dakota. Hmm. And it was cool as hell. And I won the band draw, but Gavin was like, if, even if I'd won, I would have given it to you. Yeah. And it was just like a really cool freelance buddy trip. First mallard band, my, my personal self. I've shot goose bands and woody bands and stuff like that, but this mallard band was pretty special. Cool. So was, that's probably my favorite band. Yeah. Mine was the Eider. <laughs> No shit. Oh, yeah. No, no shit. shit. <laughs> Tell that story, dude. Well, I mean, it's. I was out there filming with uh, um, DNA Guide Service, and, um, you know, eiders were coming in. My dad actually got the first two. Uh, it was a Drake and a hen eider. And then another group came in, and obviously, you know, we want to shoot Drakes, but um, Andy, I was. Andy uh, Reeves, he was. He's a guide with. Um, I don't know what the... Do you know what the guide service? I forget what that's called. But he's, it's up north, Minnesota, divers. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, he 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 guides on the angle, but he, he's with the guide service right now. But anyway, maybe Joey knows once he gets back from grabbing a beer. Um, but anyway, the uh, a group of, you know, more Susies than Drakes come in, right? And my dad is able to pick off the Drake on the left, and and then the the hen kind of loops to the right and i believe this is the one that um andy actually switched his gun to his left side and you're right there joe oh this is like the worst beer i've ever had in my life yeah oh snowdrift vanilla porter by wine and kugels i can't believe you even opened it to <laughs> oh. be honest oh. i'm sorry continue 
<laughs> so so he I think that for this one he flipped his gun around to his left side. I know that he was doing that quite often and like taking down like old squad and stuff like that. But um yeah, so he flipped it over his left side and pegged this Susie and it dropped and uh Darren rolls up to it, he goes, It's banded and it was like the second or third bird of the day that we had gotten and Andy's like, No, no, don't do don't do that to me. You know, yeah. he's like, I'm not you know, he holds it up, he's like and it just this huge smile goes over his face. He's yeah, like, that's crazy. That's why you shoot Susie's too. Dude, can you shoot on your left side? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you I'm switch? Pretty, I'm pretty ambidextrous. I knew you were going to say yes. I don't even know why <laughs> I asked. I have it on video last time I was at Bobby's. I've never seen Shooting you do left-handed it. on clays. Can you do that? I mean, yeah, I'm not good, but. I'm saying, like, would you ever do that in the field? I'm not saying, like, would you try and shoot a trap? Let's do a video on it, dude. The position that Andy was in, he was on the side of the rock, and, like, everybody was on his left side. So, naturally, you can't really shoot. You know, you don't want to muzzle blast everybody. And then the birds were coming on the right side of him. And so, it's like, it was was the perfect situation for him to do the the switch uh, as they pass by. And I would totally do that, you know. And, honestly, my, I mean, I'm left eye dominant dominant and i shoot left with a bow so it's uh it's not unnatural yeah for it's just you, that uncomfortable nothing. yeah you know yeah i don't think that's not my gig so yeah. henider band i shoot yep. my right dog henider that's hmm. a that's a very special band dude yep and yeah. that came from alaska i'm pretty sure he mounted it he should he, oh, I, he, he told came from me alaska yeah so it flew flew, flew across from yeah the west coast yeah like far northwest coast over to the yeah. If I'm remembering coast. correctly, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. That's a very special he, band. He dude. did mount it, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. He told me at snow camp. He's like, yeah, of course I mounted it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you don't, like, what are you doing? Right. I get my eiders you, back like in uh, a couple weeks here. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. Your sick. tag center reveal is wild. Yeah. Right now. Yep. I hoping <laughs> that's gonna be really bad. That stimulus check yeah. comes in <laughs> before I. Uh, have to go up there. Yeah. Bring my Harlequinge. So you guys yeah. remember uh, that hunt with uh, when Wade and I went up to uh, northwestern Minnesota? Mm-hmm. We shot those cans, that five, six-man yep. limit of uh, divers. Mm-hmm. Fox's box, the guy who brought us on that hunt with Lance, his question was decoy spreads on a point with the wrong wind direction. So, in your opinion, what do you think the wrong wind direction is on a point? <laughs> well. Because it's a pretty vague question. It could be very situational. Mm. Yeah, it sort of depends, I guess, on the point. What do you, what do you like? He said, give me, a, give me a decoy situation on a point yeah. with the wrong wind direction. The only thing that I can think of is if the wind is in your face. Okay. It's tough. Well, yeah. yeah. If you're on a point and the wind's in your face, you're in trouble. <coughs> here's the thing. Well, though. here's the thing, though. Here's what's cool about a point. Especially if you're hunting a point, you're probably hunting divers. Yeah. And so when divers, and I know this because of where my dad lives, when divers are flying up and down a lake, they, they like, center on those points because there's usually a drop-off there. Mm-hmm. And what are divers going to eat? Bait fish. Some sort of aquatic animal. Whatever's going to be right there. Whatever's right there. And a lot of bait fish. So like the food chain, you got the bigger fish down at the bottom. And they're coming up to the surface to eat the smaller bait fish um, 
invertebrates, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so <clears throat> if you have a strong wind in your face, you're pushing a lot of those smaller creatures in towards shore. Hence where the birds are going to be sitting because that's where all the yeah. shit is. So the eat. So I don't I don't necessarily think there's a bad wind for a point personally. I mean, the only thing I could think of and I'm thinking mainly of Washington because we hunted this one point um two different times and if there was a wind like directly down the point, I could see how it would be just like meh like you know i don't know but but they would still on on the bay side of that they would still come up this you know up towards the point i guess to land but for for that you know like if it was blowing on one side or even angled towards one side you just set the decoys on the other side and it's like calm because you know the point was blocking it yeah and that's what we did and that's why that's why it was like one of the most common places to hunt um in where we were in Washington because you could just, you know, it's, it's easy. It doesn't matter what the wind is doing. It doesn't matter what the tide is doing because you could just set it on either side and you're good. Right. You know, it's blocked. And we, you know, got quite a few, um, that one was mergansers mainly and, and golden eyes, but yeah. You know, the thing with decoy spreads and all that, cause it, I took a poll on Instagram today of what do you want to hear in the podcast today? And it's talking a lot about decoy spreads. The only time I think a decoy spread really, truly matters is when you have no wind, whether it's a field or water. And if you're in water, man, you need to have a motion. You need, because like you never see ducks sitting on water or geese sitting on water just sitting still with no ripples coming off of them. Okay. So then you're in a field. Probably the best advice I've ever seen is from Nick Johnson. <clears throat> and he talks about putting a ball of decoys out in the field so that when they come to check it out, because how many times have you been hunting in a field with no wind and the geese come directly over your hide mm-hmm. every freaking time? Right. So now think about where your decoy spread is when you're doing that. You're either laying in the decoys or you're on an edge hide. And what they're doing is they're circling you. They're circling that spread to see if they want to come and feed in there. So if you put the my dog just farted so bad. I was gonna say, did one of you guys do that? That's bogus. That's not man. me. I didn't. That's I don't definitely still don't the smell dog. It, so. Hey, dog, put it back up your ass. She's the best dog. She's the best fucking dog you've ever seen in your life. Talking about my dog. You talking light about a candle. my dog? Get some mood lighting going on. No, yeah. but when you when you're setting up in those situations, if you put your decoys further out in front of you, let's just say forty five yards. Because you don't expect them to land in your decoys, but you got to shoot them on the pass. And I did that three times this year, and it worked out great. Yeah, worked out great. So when they when they come and try to work your spread, and they're coming to check it out, and they're circling it, circling it, circling it. Think about pushing your decoys further out in front of you in a bigger ball, so that they do a circle around it, and you shoot them on the pass. Mm-hmm. So the, that's the only time that I really worry about what my spread looks like, unless there's like lines over your floater decoys and they're touching in the water i mean just common sense stuff about duck hunting but i mean that's really the only time that i really really focus on the spread where it's like these birds are not working because of our spread Mm -hmm. that's the only time is with no wind so yeah hopefully that Mm. answers your uh question fox's box Mm. (laughs) well i think we can wrap it up right there um, 56 minutes but yeah yeah appreciate you guys listening 
if you guys do have questions, obviously we're, we're going through some of the questions you guys send us and we're doing, you know, separate listener questions episodes. So make sure to hit us up, shoot us a message on Instagram. If you have an idea or a question that you want to ask that we can talk about, otherwise leave us a rating for this podcast. That'd be super helpful. Yeah. And, uh, all right, all right guys. guys, we'll see you soon.